Hello, everyone, and welcome to the only podcast that got the Raiders pick right. I'm your host, Patrick Seifer, and I'm with my co-host. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I am the Blue Zone, also known as Dominic James. Uh, let's get this started. Yup, I, I I started it just saying, like, we did get the Raiders, or at least I got the Raiders pick right. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to get it right. Yeah. I looked at other mock drafts. I couldn't find a single other person that got that right. Yeah. It's still a horrible pick. Yeah. But I, I just, my thought process when I picked it was, Mike Mayock has never picked the player he's supposed to. They need an offensive lineman. Knowing Mike Mayock, they're not going to take the best offensive lineman on the board. Because remember, Christian Darisaw was still available. Yeah. So I just was all like, he's from Alabama too. They like to pick players in the SEC. So I picked Alex Leatherwood. I wasn't expecting to be right, but I guess I was. Anyway, uh, my first topic for today, I just want to ask a couple, because a lot of stuff happened in the draft, like it usually does, and that uh, leads to there being a lot of questions. Uh, and then my first question would be, which offensive weapon do you think will have the biggest impact that was from this draft? Uh, I was I was looking at uh sort of, I was looking at all the receiver prospects and I was looking at like the top five receiver prospects uh, taken, and I think I would have to go with Jalen Waddle and the reason for that is because he has, in my opinion, the best situation. Uh he gets to reunite with his uh, quarterback from Alabama, uh, and. Uh, he's one of the best receivers on his team now. Uh, again, they did just sign uh, Will Fuller, uh, which, uh, I mean, kind of takes away his position. From his but, value, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think Jalen Waddle is going to have the biggest impact. Uh, I agree with you. I picked the same player. I think if we're talking about stats and who's going to be the most productive, I would take Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. But I think no matter what, the Eagles are going to be a bad team. Yeah. Right, I I don't like Jalen Hurts much as a quarterback, but he has that. He has familiarity and chemistry with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So I I think the stats are definitely going to show Devonta Smith being the statistically most productive receiver. But I think Jalen Waddle, I agree, he's going to be the best offensive weapon. I was yeah. thinking about also picking Kyle Pitts. But th- yet again, no matter what, I think they're going to be a bad team. Yeah. So I, I wasn't really sure whether or not I should have picked him. Um, I'm going with uh, Jalen Waddle here. He's such a good receiver. His speed, his route running, everything about it, or almost everything about his game. And there's still a lot more he can improve on, too, which I expect him to improve over the offseason. Yeah. So my second question would be, with players opting out, during uh, last season due to COVID and everything. A lot of players have fallen because of that. Yeah. Which player do you think was the best example of that? Well, I was actually uh, looking at this kid about maybe uh, – I was looking at him two years ago, and I was I was like, this kid's a stud. This this guy's, this guy's going to do great in the NFL. And uh, so I think the biggest example – is Rondell Moore. He fell to the 49th pick to the Arizona Cardinals. 
And if he would have played last season, I think he could have easily been a first-rounder. Even he could have been the re- – I saw the Giants selected Canarius Tony. If if uh, he played that season, I think Rondell Moore could have taken his spot. Yep. Yeah, I when you said Rondell Moore, I was about to say the same thing. Like, oh, the Giants probably would have taken him if he played last season, I think. Yeah. But the player that I put, he he fell far, this kid. Patrick Jones from Pitt. Ooh. He was I don't I still don't consider him like a top edge in the league or a, a top edge in this draft. Yeah. Or the top edge in this draft at least. But I still think like you look at this draft class there wasn't a lot of defensive talent especially at the edge position. I think that Patrick Jones was one of the most talented edges in the draft. I would probably put him below Gregory Rousseau. I don't like Quiddy Pay much, but I think I like Quiddy. I like Patrick Jones more than Quiddy Pay around as much as Quiddy Pay, and Quiddy Pay was picked twenty first. I think if Patrick Jones played as much, he would have been a top pick or a first round pick or early for second. He's a he was incredible. He's yet again has more to improve on, which is why he went in the third round. Yep, but I think the Vikings got a steal with him, and they wouldn't have gotten that steal if. He played last season. Yeah. So, another thing, and this was a broken record during the draft. This was the first time that there has been seven straight offensive players taken with the first seven picks. And that makes me wonder, why is that? Well, I mean, it obviously depends on who's in your draft. Um, But I think... The reason being is just there were so many talented offensive players this year. And if you have a top 10 pick in this draft, you have to take advantage of it. I think um, uh, with that being said, also, uh, there weren't too many. uh, There weren't fantastic defensive. Like this wasn't a great fan. uh, This wasn't a great defensive draft. Like there weren't a lot of defensive players that were like, there wasn't a Chase Young in this draft. Exactly. Thank you for there wasn't, that correctly. There wasn't any, like, high-tier, this guy is a stud at defensive players. I feel like Parsons would have fit that role if it weren't for his major character issue, which scared scouts off of him, which I understand. Yep. But there, you're right. There wasn't any players that, if you have a top-five pick, you want him. There's not. Do you think the 49ers would trade all that to pick a defensive player when oh. these are the defensive players he's picking from? No. And it also doesn't help. We're now in a more offensive league. The league has evolved to a point or devolved to a point where the teams with the highest scoring offenses and the most mediocre defenses are the ones winning Super Bowls. Yeah. If you look at the Chiefs a year ago, they had – by far the best offense in the league. One of the or it was around. I would say it was like one or two, either them or San Francisco. Both of those teams made it to the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs still won because they just had a better offense. Even though the Forty ers had by far a better defense, mm-hmm. it's just become a more offensive league. But like you said, also there wasn't that top tier Chase Young level defensive talent in this draft class, so that didn't help. So, what pick 
after looking at what scouts are saying, what's, what analysts are saying, what pick do most people dislike, but you're actually a big fan of it? So this pick in particular, uh, it wasn't like a huge hated pick, but I did hear a lot of people coming out and saying how I don't think this was, I don't think, I think they should have chosen a different player. And it was uh, the Panthers selecting J.C. Horn with the eighth overall pick. And mm. I, I, I kind of like this pick. And I, I kind of like it because I think that with Horn, I think he'll make like a gigantic improvement on the Panthers' very young defense. I, I just feel like with the J.C. Horn pick, it wasn't, it wasn't about the type of player J.C. Horn is. He's very physical, and he's an overall great corner. The question is, and you said this, was there were better players on the board. Yeah. Maybe but... not at that position. Maybe they preferred J.C. Horn over him, but they still could have got him around, like, the 15th pick. They should have traded down, no? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And if you look, the Eagles were a team, or the, uh, yeah, the Eagles were a team willing to trade up. If they were so worried about Devonta Smith being taken, they would have been willing to trade up and trade up to that number eight spot, or, yeah, number eight. So I think if they really wanted J.C. Horn that bad at, and at the best value that they could get him, it would have been smart to get him at, uh, to pick him at, uh, where were the Eagles picking? 13, 12, 12, yeah. Yeah. I think trading down should have been the right choice there. I don't really... Uh, when people criticize that J.C. Horn pick, the reason is because they could have got him later in the draft. So that that's why I think people don't really like the pick. And that's my criticism with it. It's still a good pick. Yeah. But Zavin Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. I think that's how you pronounce it. He went to the Cardinals at 16. Some people are saying they're not a big fan of this. Why are they trying to replace... Isaiah Simmons already. But, I mean, this kid, Zavin Collins, they might have reached for him a little bit, but he's a monster. I think his ability to stuff runs while getting blocked is incredible. He brings a lot of physicality to that Arizona defense. And they could have him and Isaiah Simmons on the field at once. Don't forget how versatile Simmons is. Yeah. So I don't think of it as replacing Isaiah Simmons. I think of it more as helping him and getting him a player besides him, another defensive weapon. And I think that he really rounds out that defense getting Zavin Collins. Okay, and now another question. You don't really hear people talk about these top two picks because everyone saw them coming for around a month now. So... I finally want to talk about the picks because, like I said, not many people are talking about it. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Everyone knew that they were going one and two. But can they save their retrospective franchises? Well, I think it's kind of hard to say. But um, I think Trevor Lawrence can definitely make an impact. Uh, for Just... Even in one year, he, he's got a good chance of having like five to seven wins on that team just because of Trevor Lawrence joining the Jaguars. Uh, 
I can see it a little differently from Zach Wilson only because he's got a higher chance of being a bust. Um, plus, the Jets don't have a very good situation. Um, so, I don't think so much Zach Wilson, but Trevor Lawrence will come in there, go go in their NFL ready and play out of his mind. And, I mean, it's, it's easy to say this now because we don't see how they're going to perform in the NFL. Yeah. But I think both of them can. I th- we all know the Jets haven't been the best at drafting quarterbacks recently. That's why they keep needing to draft quarterbacks. Yeah. But I think for once they actually do have a good – I think Zach Wilson's situation is better than any situation Sam Darnold had. They had a pretty good draft, in my opinion. I think Elijah Moore, getting him in the second round, a very good weapon for him. I think getting Elijah Vera Tucker in the mid-first round was a great move. Their offensive line is pretty well-rounded now. Yeah. And like I said, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, uh, Jamison Crowder, that is a very not amazing receiving core, but it has a lot of depth. Yeah. And that's what I really like about it. And then they still have Braxton Berrios, I believe, which is another receiver that they could just throw in every once in a while when the other receivers need a break. Zach Wilson, he might not have the best weapons, but he has some. He has the most, I think. And then they also picked a good running back, Michael Michael Carter, I believe his name is. Yeah. In the third round, so yeah. now they know. Now they're no longer handing the ball off to Grandfather Gore. <laughs> I, I, their offense isn't great, obviously, but I think the situation is much better now than it was originally. So I think he has a chance at being able to save this franchise that has been so bad to mediocre for so long so there were a couple of picks that I found very interesting and a lot of people have well separate opinions on them except some of them are just obvious great picks and I just want to talk about how good of picks they were Trey Lance to the 49ers is the first one that I want to talk about what are your opinions on that move absolutely fantastic use of trading trading up to the third pick. I think that was the best possible way they could have gone with that. Uh, we knew they were going to take the quarterback, obviously, and taking Lance over Jones and Fields was a very, very smart move, in my opinion. I think Trey Lance will come to be eventually a better quarterback than both of them, and I, I mean, I, it's hard to say that right now, but I think, I think Trey Lance has some potential even to be better than Zach Wilson, so with with Lawrence and Wilson gone, I, I couldn't be happier as a 49 If I were if, – if any 49ers, If you were a 49ers fan, you're yeah. very ecstatic about that pick. And I, I completely agree. I was saying they would go Jones, but that wasn't the pick that I would have made. Yet again, I was trying to simulate what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch would do there. Trey Lynch, he is the third best quarterback in this draft class, I think. He is the ultimate boomer bust quarterback. He could be very bad. He could be very good. If he's very bad, they have Jimmy Garoppolo. If he's very good, they don't need Jimmy Garoppolo, and they could actually contend in such a competitive division. I love this pick. It was worth trading up because of just how high Trey Lance's ceiling is. He has a rocket arm. He adds an extra level to this offense that Kyle Shanahan hasn't had since around the early 2010s with RG3. 
And you saw how good that offense was with RG3. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love this pick. I adore it. And then later in that first round, Penny Sewell to the Lions. Oh, boy. This, what do you mean, oh, boy? You don't... I, 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 I love the pick. No, don't get me wrong. I Again, as, as I was saying, if I were a Lions fan, I'd be jumping up and down, going into the middle of the road, screaming. But it, it was... It was incredible for, uh, for the Lions, but I don't think any, in, any person making a mock draft had Sewell going there. Well, it's because every person having a mock, had every person that made a mock draft didn't have him falling that far. Exactly, he he he, he just fell to him. There, there's nothing to it. Uh, the, uh, it, it. As you were saying on our last episode, our last episode, it's it's a domino effect. Yeah, exactly. The picks later in the draft are determined by the picks earlier in the draft. Exactly. And I think this is a fantastic move. Although I, obviously, he can't he can't do much this season with a very uh, a a team that's been struggling over the last few years and is not looking great this year. But uh, trust me, in a few years, this guy is going to be top notch offensive lineman and. Bengals are going to be doubting their decision. Think about it. Do you think the Colts would be as good of a team as they are now if they didn't take an off if they didn't take Quinn and Nelson when they needed offensive players the most? Absolutely not. Like just because there's an offensive weapon doesn't mean they can't help the offense. Keep that in mind. Penny Sewell, he is a generational offensive lineman. You look at the film, you look at the stats too. He played something around like he played a very large amount of snaps and only allowed one quarterback presser in college. That's crazy. And it's not like he was in one of those bum schools like North Dakota State, like Trey Lance. He went to Oregon. It may not be Alabama, but it's still a very difficult school to play in. Yeah. And he's against high notch cap. He's in he's against high caliber competition there. It may not be the highest but it's still good, right? Yeah. I, I'm i telling you, man, and I see some Lions fans, too. They, they're upset about this. They, th- they think they should have went receiver, and I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? The, these were – I'm pretty sure MMG, like, I know. He, he made his career out of playing Madden. He doesn't know the best about NFL. But when I, he's a Lions fan, and when he saw this pick, he was upset about it. I don't – I don't understand it. I get it. Their receiver core, very bad. Might be one of the worst I've seen, I remember, right? But this kid, Penny Sewell, he will plow the way for DeAndre Smith, DeAndre Swift when he's getting 30-plus yards of carry. And that yep. seems like that's what uh, Dan Campbell wants to do. He was on. He said in a press conference, one of his first press conferences as the Lions head coach, he wants to run DeAndre Swift to the ground. He wants to ru- give him 30-plus yards a ca- He wants to give him 30-plus carries a game. And when you have Penny Sewell blocking for him, he's going to be able to get 30-plus y- carries a game and do a very well, ve- do a very good job with those 30-plus carries. Yeah. I, I love this move. And the fact, the fact he fell, it's going to be looked back on in 10 plus years, in like 20 years, 
and people are going to be like, wow, this Hall of Fame offensive lineman went seventh overall. He should have went in the top five. Yep. All right. What about later in this draft? And I I think you'll know my opinions on this, and I might be the only one with this opinion on it, and I'm going to stand by it. Justin Fields to the Bears. Oh, I, I think that – well, to start, for starters, I think the Bears have one of the best drafts this year, and without a doubt. And, I mean, they – they took advantage of who was left on the draft board, and if they they were they had the twentieth pick, right? And with if they would have just sat there, waited, Washington probably would have taken the fifth quarterback. Bears would have been stuck there, not knowing what to do. They uh, they ended up with not only Fields, but like I, I don't want to bring another player into this, but they also traded up to get a fantastic offensive lineman in the second round. I mean, I, there's. I think it was a very good move on the Bears' part. Um, they did lose uh, a little bit, uh, but I, I, I know how you feel about Justin Fields, and it's hard to say how good he's going to be. But as long as Allen Robinson is still performing how he usually does, I think they can win at least six games. Okay. Now it's time for me to say the opposite of what basically everyone on the media has been saying. Yep. I despise this pick. You are giving a quarterback with a 54.1 passer rating when under pressure. That's how you know I'm passionate about it when I start pulling out the stats. 54.1 passer rating when under pressure. And with Ohio State's offensive line, giving him an average time – giving him an average of 3.12 seconds of a clean pocket every time that he was throwing the ball. His average time to throw is 2.7 seconds. He has I he has an offensive line. Now that they got Tevin Jenkins in the second round, I would say it's a mediocre offensive line, right? Yeah. He takes too long to throw the ball for unless he has the Colts or Packers or Brown's offensive line, he won't work out. I'm telling you that. He has no pocket awareness whatsoever. That That's something that you don't teach quarterbacks. That doesn't – no one has ever taught a quarterback how to do it. No one has ever came into the league with bad pocket awareness and they fixed it later in the league, later in their career. Never happened before. He's, like I said, horrible under pressure, and he doesn't recognize blitzes properly. And he has a rookie. They one of their best offensive linemen now. They just got him in this draft class, Tevin Jenkins. He's a rookie. You think he'll be able to recognize blitzes? No, he won't. He's not going to have any idea where the pressure is coming from. He's going to mess up his throws completely because he's going to be under pressure because he holds the ball too long, and he's going to be horrible. And you know what? If if I'll tell you this, because I I know I'm going to get so much hate about this. If Justin Fields has a winning record as a starter next year, I'll buy a Justin Fields jersey. Oh, I like. I am going to keep that in my notes. I I I'm telling you, I I've never been so confident a quarterback is gonna suck. Wow, the last time I've been this confident was like Josh Rosen or Johnny Manziel, like. I think he's going to be horrible. 
I think he's going to be very bad. He might start a second season and then get benched halfway through. I think they should have taken Mac Jones here. I think he's a better scheme fit. And honestly, the fact they gave up a first-round pick, it's it's embarrassing. They're going to look back on this and be like, damn, this was a huge mistake. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm passionate about it, man. I, I yeah, think no, Justin yeah, Fields is could... a horrible quarterback. Yeah. And I think they're giving him an even worse chance to succeed than I expected him to have. All right. Micah Parsons to the Cowboys. I mean, uh, it was a pretty good pick based on the fact that Horn and Sertain were gone. I mean, I think they could have just picked up, like, Caleb Farley, who was, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the draft. But, I mean, I I don't – I either way, the Cowboys' defense wasn't going to improve much. But I I think it was an okay pick, but I think – I still think they should have just selected Caleb Farley. Yeah, I, the thing with Caleb Farley, and I understand why scouts were worried about it, he, with that, I think it was a back injury or a shoulder injury. He got surgery somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And that really scared scouts off of him, which I understand. Uh, but Micah Parsons, I think this was the Jerry Jones move. I think when when it showed Jerry Jones being the one calling Micah Parsons, that didn't surprise me at all because this is just – my, Jerry Jones doing what he knows will make him the most money. He wants the guy with the biggest brand, the biggest attitude, the guy that will get him the most fans and get him the most money with yeah. advertisements and stuff. Like, if you look at the Cowboys history, the players that Cowboys fans love, right? You look at Ezekiel Elliott, you look at Michael Irvin, you look at Deion Sanders, these stars, these people that get all the attention that they can towards the Cowboys. Yeah. I think that that's exactly what Micah Parsons is. He's a great athlete, don't get me wrong. And I think if he didn't have the character issue that he does, he would be a top 10 pick. But uh, I'm on terms of a football standpoint, it's an all right pick. On terms of like business standpoint, which is what the Cowboys try and do, this is a great pick, and that's why Jerry Jones did it. Yep. And, I mean, it definitely helps that they're trying to replace Sean Lay, but corners should be their number one priority. Mm-hmm. How about Mac Jones to the Patriots? Oh, well, I've got an opinion on this. Uh, I think the Patriots hit it this time. I think Mac Jones will fit more than perfect in this quarterback spot. I think Jones will have a fantastic rookie year based on his situation. I think he'll be thrown up in the offensive rookie of the year category based on his situation. And that's all it is. A fantastic offensive line. A fantastic defense. He now has uh, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. It's – and uh, – oh, what's his name? Nelson Aguilar. That's it, yeah. It, and uh, I, a average running back for – like they've got a lot of options. Yeah, and I, I – don't forget his offensive line, the highlight oh, yeah, of that offense. That, yeah. Like, I, I agree with you, with, and it sucks too because we are handing Bill Belichick, the evil mastermind, his cards. Oh, yeah. We, I'm honestly surprised that someone wasn't all like, oh, shoot, 
we're going to let Bill Belichick and one of the top quarterback prospects, someone has to trade up, and I'm surprised, like, Washington didn't trade up or something. Yeah. Like, I, I was expecting that. But we – we let Mac, we let Bill Belichick get Mac Jones. Like that's a huge mistake. He may not be one of the most athletically talented ones, right? Yeah. But if you get Mac Jones a good situation around him, like the Patriots will, with that much cap space, and they have been building a very good situation and a very good uh, arsenal of offensive weapons, Mac Jones is going to have a pretty good season next year. Whenever he comes in. He's yeah. one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks, and honestly, if I was told to pick a quarterback other than uh, Justin Fields for just someone to start right now, I, I pick Mac Jones. He's definitely just the most pro-ready. And, of course, it's going to be hard for him to adjust to not having the top offense in the nation every year, right? Mm-hmm. And he's o- he's only had one year of, as a starter, but... The guy's good. He's a solid, all-right quarterback. I thought that they wanted a more mobile guy, so I honestly expect them to miss out on him and maybe pick Kellen Mond in the later rounds, but it's a good pick. Yeah. How about Jevon Holland to the Dolphins? I mean, I'm a little confused because uh, I think they kind of messed up a little, if I'm being honest. I... If I were in the Dolphins' shoes, I'd pick Trevon Moring over him any day of the week. I think I I really like Trevon Holland or Jevon Holland. Trevon Moring, most people had him as the number one safety in the draft, and I oh, understand yeah. why. He's he's very good. But I had him in the first I, round, and I was wrong. <laughs> I think Jevon Holland is the number one guy. I think he's the number one safety. I really like him. His coverage ability and he might he might need a little bit of like bulking up but mm-hmm. in terms of just pass coverage safety and like a single high safety he's great at it he's amazing in coverage he covers a lot of ground i really like him as a safety and i think that secondary with Xavier Howard and Jevon Holland now and then they also have uh Byron Jones like that's a scary scary secondary yeah. And I think this guy is going to take up that spot that Minka Fitzpatrick had before they traded him. How about Rondell Moore? You mentioned him earlier. Rondell I, Moore to the Cardinals. I did, yes. Uh, I think this was a fantastic pick for the Cardinals, as I was saying early, earlier. Uh, uh, I mean, again, Larry's old. Kirk's no superstar. Larry's gone, too. Larry's a free agent. Oh, he is. He has I, been. I didn't even it's, notice that. People have been worried about him being re- – or people are saying he's probably going to retire soon, like really soon. Yeah. Uh, pro- if he doesn't get signed, like, within this week, I think he's gone. I think he's retiring. Yeah. But Yeah, but as, as I was saying, I guess Larry's gone. Kirk's no superstar. Green's washed. And all the – and I, they still – don't get me wrong. They've still got DeAndre Hopkins, but still. DeAndre Hopkins got it. Has to have that that wide receiver too, to like give him a break, I guess. Yeah, but the I'm not really sure what. Like, of course, I think Rondell Moore is a great receiver. Don't get me wrong with that at all. But the thing that kind of confuses me about this is they got AJ Green over the offseason. They got Larry Fitzgerald, 
or, or not Larry Fitzgerald. They got DeAndre Hopkins a year ago. They got Kristen Kirk like a, like I want to say like two or three years ago, and they mm-hmm. also got Andy Isabella. All these guys they either spent a decent amount of money on, traded a decent amount of capital away for, or they used a third or second or yeah third or second round pick on them. So now you're using another. I think this guy was drafted in the second. I want to say third round. Do you remember exactly what pick? I think it was the uh, 49th. 49th. So mid-second. He was picked in the mid-second round. So now one of these guys that you are spending a decent amount on aren't going to be playing much. Of course, it's not going to be DeAndre Hopkins. But I just don't understand why they want to stack their receiver core up that much. Yeah. And spend that much capital on them. I, I'm not a big fan. Anyway, before we go on to the next topic, I'm going to go into a break. Welcome back to the Goal Line Podcast. Uh, let's move on to what we believe are the five best picks of the NFL draft and the five worst picks. Do you want to start? And uh, do you sure. want to start with the best or the worst? Uh we can start with the best. All right. Uh, who's your number five? Uh, my number five is actually it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of a weird pick, but I, I actually have Devonte Smith going to the Eagles only because I think it was I, it, I think it was a little underrated because I think Smith Smith should have been the second overall receiver going. Um. That's that's just my opinion. Uh, again, I'm no GM, but I think it the only way for the Eagles to get a head start was with Smith, and I don't think any other receiver could have changed that. And I'm not really like with that. I feel like he was picked around where he should have been. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, he's a very special player, but you have to keep in mind with his weight that does hold him back a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think picking him around 10 is fine. Uh, my number five is Amon Ross St. Brown to the Lions. Oh, he was picked in the early fourth round. I think he shouldn't have fell anywhere near that far. The Lions, of course, need receivers. Uh, and Amon Ross St. Brown, he's the type of receiver that, like, right now, he's already super talented. Mm-hmm. But in the future, you got your hands on someone with limitless potential. And I really like this pick because that's what the Lions are trying to build towards. They're trying to build for their future. And Amon St. Brown, when you pick him, you're picking someone with an incredibly high ceiling. Who do you have at four? Um, At four, I had the Bengals selecting Joseph Asai. Hmm. There, I I just thought it was a fantastic pick. I thought he could have been uh, picked a lot earlier in the draft. Uh, I think he just kind of fell a little. Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree with that. The Bengals are a team with a lot of holes. They pick someone to clean up one of those holes. So I, I, I really like that. And the Bengals are yet another team that need to stack up an, as, man, as many young players with a lot of potential. 
because they are also rebuilding much like the Lions. My number four, this happened in the fourth round, and you're not a big fan of Rashawn Slater, but I I think Rashawn Slater going to the Chargers and with the 13th pick was a steal. Mm-hmm. Because they're a team that needs an offensive line. I mean, they got Corey Lindsley, and Brian Bulaga's a great tackle. But now that they got like a solidified left tackle, they have possibly the best center in the league. Now they just need to fix up their two guards, and then they have one of the best, not just offensive lines in football, but one of the best offenses in football. Yeah, but for just just for the record, I I don't hate Rashawn I don't hate Rashawn Slater. I just think Christian Darrisaw is better. Just 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 for the record. All right. <laughs> Who do you have at three? Uh at three, I have the Bears selecting Tevin Jenkins in the round in round two, as I was saying talking about earlier. If you remember my mock draft from last week's podcast, I had Tevin Jenkins going in the first round. Oh, I did the Bears. I had him going at twenty. They didn't even have. They didn't even trade up. I didn't have them trading up, and I had them just taking him in the first round. He's a first round talent. Yeah, and he's one of the top tackle prospects. Alex Leatherwood shouldn't have been picked ahead of him, but I still got that right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, my number three pick is. Also an offensive tackle, and Tevin Jenkins probably should be somewhere on this list. He would probably be in, like, my six or seven slot. Mm-hmm. I have Penny Sewell to the Lions. We talked about it earlier. He's a beast. He shouldn't have been picked any – he shouldn't have been picked after the top five. He sort of – the fact he fell behind the top five and all the way down to seven is just unbelievable. And a yeah. lot of those teams are going to regret not picking them. What is your second best pick? Oh boy, I know you're. I know you're not gonna like this at all. Uh, it's Justin Fields. It is indeed Bears selecting Justin Fields. I mean, we already talked about it. Yeah. I and okay. I let me just make it clear. When I say he has to have a winning record, he has to play. Let's go with four or more games <laughs> and have a winning record. Because if he just plays one game and wins it. That, that's not fair. Yeah. So, four games at least. Wow. Rashad Bateman to the Ravens is I my second it. best pick. Yep. You probably thought this would have been number one. And I think me and you share the same number one. I right? hope so. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Bateman to the Ravens, man. Like, I'm te- he's the best receiver in the draft. I'm standing by it. This kid's a monster. And the fact that they got he fell all the way to a team – that's already like a playoff contender. And now they have the best receiver in the draft class all the way back at 27. Yeah. With a quarterback that I think his arm is very underrated. People talk about so much about his mobility. He's never had a receiver that allows him to show off his arm like Rashad Bateman can. And then number one. Uh, I... Uh, obviously, Brown's taking J.O.K. Yeah. yeah. Staying in the AFC North for it. Glad we agree on it. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa I'm going to continue to flex the fact that I know how to pronounce it. Oh, boy. That's, that's <laughs> why I go with the solid J.O.K. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I go in front of the mirror every day before the <laughs> draft and practice saying it just oh. to make sure I know how to. 
uh, because I'm going to have to say his name a lot when he picks off Ben Roethlisberger and my Steelers multiple times. Yeah. Because on, uh, for a Steelers fan, it sucked to watch this draft class. I oh. think you could agree. Watching the Ravens get Rashad Bateman, like I said, and then watching the Browns get Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Meanwhile, we don't get an offensive tackle until the third round. Mm-hmm. Very annoying to watch. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on to the worst picks. Who do you have at five? At my number five, I was kind of talking about him earlier as well. I have the Giants taking Kadarius Tony. I have the same number five. Oh, really? It's not not that it was, like, necessarily a bad pick. It's just you got to look at who was on the board, Mm -hmm. right? It was amazing that they were able to trade back, but I like – I like two of the receivers more than him. I liked Elijah more than him. I mean, I liked Elijah more more than him. And I also liked uh, what's what's his name? I liked Elijah more more than him. Of course, I liked Rashad Bateman more than him. I liked Christian Darrisaw more. I think like this pick, not a big fan. Even Tevin Jenkins, I would have taken. I don't think that they're a team that really needs a receiver. Yeah, is the thing right? And I get it that they're in a position – they don't really ha- need that much, so they could just take what, whoever the best player is on the board. But at the same time, like, Kadarius Toney, uh, he, he's nothing more than a slot receiver. Not worth a first-round pick, in my opinion. Yeah. And I just want to make it clear, I was thinking about ta- picking Justin Fields at five. The thing is, though – I don't want to, like, include the fact that they traded up as part of why I consider it one of the worst picks because that's more of, like, the trade. I think if you combine the fact that they traded away a first-round pick just to get a quarterback that sucks, that's bad, but yeah. Yeah. So if if you count the trade, Justin Fields is my number five. But Eric Stokes to the Packers is my number four. Interesting. Do you uh, like that pick? You, are you? No, I, oh, no, no. It, you, was, you said it interesting, so I wasn't really sure. No, yeah, I was, I, I, I absolutely despise that pick as well. He's not, he's not in my top five, but I despise that pick, yeah. I, I, the thing with that, right, I'm not one of the people that thinks they needed a receiver, although it would help. Uh, and I do like the receiver they got later in the draft, Amari Rodgers. I'm a very big fan of him. But Eric Stokes to the Packers, I mean, I they need a corner. Kevin King is not all that. They literally lost a playoff game all because of him. But, man, that was just horrible. Eric Stokes is not one of the top corners in the gra- in the draft at all. I like Greg Newsome way more than him. Mm-hmm. And they should have maybe traded up to get him. I, I don't I wasn't a fan of this at all. Yeah. Uh who's your number four? Uh my number four, uh I again I I hate I keep going I, I, I went back to this earlier. I absolutely despise it and I can't I can't say how much I hate this pick. I, I gotta go Jamar Chase to the Bengals. I hate this pick so with a passion. It's unbelievably terrible in my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic wide receiver. But and the, 
the amount of regret that the Bengals are going to have in three years from now is going to be horrible. Yeah, I, I think he's too – I just think the thing with this is now that they got Riley – it's still a bad pick. I'm not trying to defend the pick. But now that they got Riley Reef, I wouldn't consider it a bottom five pick. It was a bad pick. But now that they have Riley Reef, they have Jonah Williams – that's an all right duo of tackles, and there's still some question about whether or not Penny Sewell could play guard. I think he can without a doubt, but I just don't. It's a horrible pick. I wouldn't put it in the top five. Mm-hmm. Who are your, who's your number three? My number three is uh, Pete Werner. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing much to say about it. I just. I thought I was a little, I was a little confused watching it. My number three, I put Alex Leatherwood to the Raiders. I got like I, I'm gonna continue to flex this, but <laughs> I got this pick right. It's still a horrible pick. Yeah. I got it right mainly because of luck. Yeah. <laughs> because trying to predict Mike Mayock's picks is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Just pick a random thin line and you might get the right one uh i'm he, they need an offensive lineman i guess but they reach so hard for him yeah <laughs> and either way they i believe they traded up to get trevin morig so why wouldn't they just trade well i rather they take trevon morig here and then they take alex leatherwood with the next pick just because there's more of a risk of Trevon Morig going than Alex Leatherwood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who do you have at two? Uh, kind of like kind of irrelevant. I'm not gonna lie. His name is uh he 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 also went to the Raiders. Oddly enough, uh, Divine Diablo. Hmm. I I heard that the Raiders in the like the third round they had two picks and they wasted them horribly. Was he one of those two? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't familiar with either of the two players they picked. Yeah. But like I said, that's what Mike Mayock does. He picks these random players, and they suck. Yeah. And they he reaches hard for them, but they're never good. How about my number two is Peyton Turner to the Saints. Picking him at, I believe they picked him at pick number twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. He was not supposed to go in even the second round, and they reached hard for him. He might yeah. be good, but they reached. They reached hard. And I think me and you say are the same number one yet again. Uh, I I actually I, – I, I left him out for this list. Who? I, I had Alex Leatherwood. I, I can I, – You I, don't have Travis Etienne. I was so I actually didn't even think of him. I'm being honest, uh, I could. I was confused why you had Alex Leatherwood at the number two, and I'm like, who could you possibly have at the number one? Yeah, uh, I, I just thought with tra- what? What's your defensing? What's your defense with the Travis Etienne pick? Oh, absolutely nothing. I just completely forgot about him. With Travis Etienne, I just think James Robinson had the best undrafted rookie running back season ever. With a thousand four hundred yards, right yeah. behind a not too good offensive line, and now they're drafting a running back in the first round. Yep, when they have that many holes, and they're aware that running back is 
the least valuable position on a football team other than, like, kicker and some special teams positions? Are you kidding me? Yep. That pick is horrible. Like, that, I get it. Oh, he has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence, right? And I think chemistry is overrated in football. Oh, for sure. I think the only teams that need chemistry are teams that are trying to contend now. Because if you're a rebuilding team like the Jaguars, you are going to have time to build chemistry anyway. So who cares if the two if the two players played in college? Yeah, that's cool, right? But you don't need to get someone just because they have chemistry with your player unless you're trying to contend now, which the Jaguars definitely aren't trying to do. Yeah. So then let's move on to a non-NFL draft-related topic, the only one we have today. The 49ers offer the third overall pick and more for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This was the final spark that, and then Aaron Rodgers, the, the bomb lit off. He finally was all like, I need to get out of here. I'm saying it. I'm making it public to the media. Get me out of here. Yep. Now Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded to one of these three, or these are his three favorite teams that he wants to be traded to. 49ers, Raiders, and Broncos. I find it interesting that they're all the same, like, kind of scheme. They're all West Coast offenses that are normally under center, and they're more also pro-style, right? I find it interesting that they all have, like, the same kind of offense. And the, the, what are the odds that's the same offense that the Packers had? So I don't really think he has a problem with Matt LaFleur. I think it's more he's pissed at everyone else. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, what do you think of this situation? I mean, I just think it's pretty crazy how he just wants to leave because of his GM. That's my only opinion on it. Like, this team has betrayed him so hard. I will admit, there is a little bit that I think Aaron Rodgers is in the wrong for. First off, like, if you want to request a trade, please don't do it the same day as the draft. Yeah. Because now the team has already made their drafting strategy their strategy, and they want to execute that. It becomes harder to execute it when they trade away their star quarterback for a bunch of picks, such as the third overall pick. That's why they're not accepting it, or that's one of the reasons they're not accepting it, because it's extremely difficult for a team to change their entire draft strategy the day of the draft. And another thing, when you're when you're requesting a trade, can you just go out and do it? Can you not keep hinting at it but never actually give, like, the full I want a trade thing? Because I believe it was, like, a couple days after they lost in the playoffs to the Buccaneers that he said, uh, none of our futures are certain, not even me, or something like that. Don't hint at it, man. Just say you want out. Yeah. I already don't have respect for you if you're – if you're requesting a trade, you don't need to do that. And then an- another thing, there's some people defending it saying like, oh, 
Aaron Rodgers never had help. The Packers did a terrible job trying to help him. Let me just list a couple of players he played with. Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Aaron Jones, Ryan Grant, Greg Jennings, Eddie Lacy, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams. Is and that that's just a couple? Is that the best receiving core or best offensive weapon arsenal for a ten year career? No. It's still a very good one. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league right now. Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs in the league. Donald Dry- Driver has a Hall of Fame case. Jordy Nelson, another very good receiver. Ryan Grant had a couple of very good seasons. Eddie Lacy had one or two incredible, amazing, out-of-this-world seasons. Greg Jennings, he has a Hall of Fame case. Randall Cobb, he had some phenomenal seasons. Like, And like you said, that's just a few. He also had – he also consistently had – Top offensive lines in football. Oh, yeah. The Packers have done almost everything to help him. Yet again, he's never had, like, the same weapons that Peyton Manning had, right? But it's still a very good and solid group of offensive players. Some of them extremely good. When he had Greg Jennings and Donald Driver, I don't understand how you could want out so bad. Until they drafted a quarterback. I think that was like, that was the first time I actually understood him wanting out. But at the same time, you just won MVP. You can't be requesting a trade the day of the draft. It's just something that can't work out. Yeah. Anyway, who are your winners and losers of this year's draft? I, I How about we go back to the draft just because... There's so much stuff that happens in the draft. I think it's best that we talk about it. Yeah. So who who are your winners? Or name one of your teams that you think had an amazing draft. I think that the Dolphins had a pretty good draft. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, they drafted a defensive end. Who was it again? Was it uh? Oh, it's either. It wasn't Pay. Did they get Rousseau? No, I don't think it was Rochelle. Rochelle. Was it Jalen Phillips? Yeah, that, it was Jalen Phillips. I think it was. Yeah, but they got that, and then they also got Javon Holland. That was a pretty good draft class that they got. I yeah. agree. They're one of, they, they're not a team I have on here, but they're one of the teams I probably – maybe I would even take one of these teams off. So, my – and it's in no particular order for me. Browns are one of my teams. Jay – Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, that's a great player. Gregory Newsom, amazing corner. I think he's the fourth best corner in the draft class. Tommy Toglai, I think that's how you pronounce it. He was a steal. Mm-hmm. And then they also got Richard Leconte, Lake County, whatever. Most of these names I don't know how to pronounce, but yeah. They had a very good draft, and after a very good offseason, they make them like – we were just talking a couple days ago. Like, they were a they, – they were making like a Super Bowl roster, but this draft just reinforced it even more. Yeah. Who's your number – who's your next team? Uh, I have the Lions. Mm, I also have them on this. Like, Penny Sewell, 
Uh, that cornerback from Syracuse, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Amon Ross St. Brown, I talked about him earlier. Great receiver. They're doing a very good job at building for the future. And keep in mind, next year, or I think next year, right? Next year is one of their picks from Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Or is that two years from now? They have year, yeah. another first-round pick next year with their normal first-round pick, and then they have two first-round picks the year after. That's very good. Uh, who's your next team? I also have the Lions, like I said. Uh, I have the uh, Panthers. Mm, they're a team. I hear a lot of people hype up their their draft. Uh, a lot of the players that they drafted, I didn't really have enough time to scout as I would have. Because, like I said, my or I haven't said this, but my football season for my school got delayed because of COVID, so I couldn't scout as much as I normally would during the off season. Yeah. So, tell me, because I I was only familiar with Terrence Marshall and J.C. Horn; those were the only two players I knew that they drafted. What What makes their draft so good? Who specifically I, was it? I mean. Overall, I mean, I I just think they chose a lot, a ton of underrated players like uh, what what's his name out of oh out of Notre Dame, Tommy Tremble. I don't know. Yeah, I, I what position is he? Uh tight end. An off okay, so an offensive weapon, and they need tight ends too. So that's actually a very good pick after losing Gregory Greg Olson. Yeah, that's a good pick. I almost said Gregory Olson. No one has ever said that. Why I? Uh, but yeah, Terrence Marshall is a beast of a wide receiver. I know him. I've seen film on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, Jay Seahorn. I'm not a big fan of that pick. He's still a pretty good player. You have him as your number one corner. He's my number two. Mm-hmm. I have the Patriots Ooh, with yeah. Mac Jones. We talked about that. That was a great move. Kristen Barmore. I love this kid. He, now that they have Davon Godchucks and Kristen Barmore, you cannot run inside. Your runs will get stuffed instantly. They might they might not be the greatest pass rushers, but if you're talking about people that can just seal their gap and not allow you to open up running lanes, that's what these two are great at. Then Ronnie Perkins, who is a defensive end from Oklahoma, I'm a big fan of him. Who else? Uh, my next pick was the uh, Browns, who you already mentioned. Hmm. Uh, I have the Jets. Zach Wilson, we talked about him. Great. I think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft class. Some people don't. I don't really understand why. Uh, but he does – I don't want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, but he does do some stuff that is Patrick Mahomes-esque. Yeah. And I feel like that's his real value. His ability to improvise is just amazing. Uh, then they also got, uh, what's the guy's name? Elijah Moore. Ooh, I yeah. love this kid. He's a great receiver. He's going to help Zach Wilson a lot. And then they also got their new running back to replace, to replace grandfather Gore, Michael Carter. Yeah. In the third round, that's someone in fantasy. He's a sleeper. I'm going to take him in almost all of my leagues. Uh, who's your next team? Uh, my final team is uh, again. Even with, uh, even if you don't like the whole Justin Fields situation, even they had a great they, draft. They did have a great overall draft. Uh, like 
like you said, Tevin Jenkins, he was a first-round talent. Mm-hmm. He was an amazing talent. But to me, them trading up just to take a quarterback that I think sucks, I can't put them in my winners. I can't put them in my top five. But I have the Vikings, another team from their same division. No one has really talked about their draft, but, oh, man. Kristen Dareshaw, you really like this kid, as do I. Kellen Mond, I think he was the best insurance pick in this draft. So now if uh, if Kirk Cousins does go down, which I doubt he will, they could put Kellen Mond in, and he's a very good quarterback. Yeah. Then they also got Patrick Jones. I talked about him earlier. He's a beast, and he should have been a late first-round pick or an early second-round pick. Then they also got Wyatt Davis, who is an amazing offensive guard, and they need offensive guards. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. Now, who are your losers? Uh, for my first team, I have the Saints. Hmm. Like, they've reached really hard in that first round. Yeah. And they, I believe that, the, did they take a safety at all? No, right? No, no, no. They, they needed one, and they didn't. So that was also another very bad thing for them. I have the Raiders. They reached a lot during this draft. So Trevin Morig, I think, was a great move. But everyone else, I didn't even know who they were. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. What team do you have next? I have the Rams. Hmm. They didn't really have assets, but who did, who did they draft that was so bad? I know that I, they drafted a receiver. They shouldn't have done that, but. Yeah, it just, it, it overall, again, I, I already said this, but it, uh, about, uh, what the Panthers, how I was talking about how they had a decent overall draft, but they did the opposite. Yeah. They, did. they just got players in positions that they did not need. I heard. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly who those players was were, and maybe they were very good, but like I said, I couldn't scout as much for the later round picks as I would have liked to. Yeah. Uh, I have the Colts. They didn't get a single tackle or a receiver. And I said it earlier, I'm not the biggest quitty pay guy. Mm-hmm. But they needed they needed an offensive tackle to replace Anthony Costanzo, and they didn't get one. Uh, they didn't get one until the seventh round, and then same with the receiver. They needed one, and they didn't get one until the seventh round. Yeah. So that was just horrible. Who do you have next? I actually have the Packers. Hmm. I I think they had like a bad first round, but I think the rest of who they picked were pretty good. Yeah. I liked Amari Rogers a lot. I think he was a huge sleeper, and I really liked that pick. But then, who else did they draft? I mean, uh, overall, I I know you're talking about how you like Amari Rogers. I actually I kind of hated that pick. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was such a good uh, receiver. I think in the third round, he's a pretty special talent to get. Yeah, but I, I, I still think uh, I still think he might have even dropped a little farther, if I'm being honest. Mm. And then the team I have next is the Texans. They now listen, they didn't really have a lot of draft capital, but they had they should have got a corner. They didn't get a single one during the draft. And like I said, just a lack of draft capital meant that they couldn't get any game changers. And they need they need game changers. Uh-huh. And I don't understand why they got another quarterback yeah. after getting Tyrod Taylor. 
But how about yeah. who do you have next? I also have the Texans. Uh, and then the Titans are another team I have. I know it's fun to just overall talk about how bad the Titans offseason was, but this is just another extension onto how bad it was. I like the Caleb Farley one, but they should have got a receiver, and they didn't draft an edge rusher either. Uh, I mean, I get that they paid Bud Dupree a lot, but they're going to understand soon that he is nothing more than a complimentary edge rusher. And if you don't have that main threat off the edge, he's going to he's not going to do anything too special. Yeah. So then who do you have? Who's your next team? And my last one, I have the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. I put them too. They've reached too hard. I have a team. I have both of our favorite team. I have the Steelers. I think that their draft suck. Yeah. They, I, they need an offensive lineman. They didn't get one. They lost Filer, Pouncey, and Villanueva over the offseason. They didn't get anyone to replace them. And then they didn't They didn't get a cornerback until the seventh round. Yeah. I, I think people are acting like edge is a much bigger need than it actually was. And I do like the defensive end that we got. But uh, I think we already have our replacement for Bud Dupree. I think Alex Highsmith can do that job. So I don't understand why we were so focused on getting a replacement for him. Yeah. All right. So the last topic I want to talk about today is the Broncos quarterback situation. After they got Teddy Bridgewater, what do you think of that whole thing? Uh, I mean, I think they end up starting Teddy. Um, I It's kind of unfortunate for Locke because I still think he has – I mean, I hate – I say this every year, but – I think Locke still has a little bit of potential left in him. I think uh, after after this, I think Teddy will start this season. I think Locke either he'll he might go to a different team or come back the following season after Bridgewater is uh, done playing as a Bronco. And I think uh, Teddy has a decent season, like always. And no, it's it's really nothing too special. It's a, Broncos will be pretty irre- irrelevant. And I, I think that that sucks, too, because they are such a talented team at every position other than quarterback. Yeah. I, I will like it a lot that Vic Fangio will no longer be their head coach. He's a great defensive coordinator and a great defensive mind. Mm. But he can't be a head coach. It's very clear that he shouldn't have that job. Uh, I agree with you. Drew Locke has an incredibly high ceiling. And... I think Bridgewater is just there to help him reach that. If you remember my mock draft, I said that the Broncos would trade up and take Justin Fields. I still hate Justin Fields, but I think that would have been the type of pick that they would make now that they have a new GM. So I'm surprised that now they have a GM that still believes in Drew Locke. That's surprising me that they didn't get a replacement for him. Uh, But I think Drew Locke will start unless he has a very bad preseason and offseason. And I think Bridgewater is going to be there on the sidelines helping him get better and better. I think that's going to be his main role, just being a mentor, nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, You were saying something as I – I was just saying I I respect that opinion a a lot. It's it's kind of – it's so confusing on what – well, what's going down in Denver. I mean, it – I I think they'll start Teddy, but it it all depends on – I guess how, like as you were saying, how Locke does in the preseason. 
you know, I think it's a, it's really going to help the team when they get a new head coach that actually knows how to handle the offense better because I feel like they got the offensive weapons around Drew Luck. No yeah. Fant is great. Uh, Jerry Judy is an amazing receiver. Cortland Sutton is a crazy good player, very underrated. Tim Patrick, another underrated receiver. K.J. Hamler, another underrated receiver. That entire receiver core, actually, super underrated. Super young, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're really just missing a quarterback. Their offensive line is pretty solid. I think once they get a head coach that could help the quarterback develop or a head coach that could help the overall offense develop and just a play caller, someone that could call plays to Drew Locke's strength instead of what Pat Shermer has been doing. His his play calling isn't bad. It's just not really meant for how Drew Locke plays. Yeah. I think that they should they should call more deep shots for him. Because he might not have the cannon of an arm, but his ball placement down the field is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think that they need an offensive coordinator who could take advantage of it. Anyway, that's all we have for this episode of the Goal Line Podcast. It's weekly. I want to thank Anchor for allowing all of this to happen. This podcast wouldn't be possible without it. And feel free to tune in next week. We're probably going to talk more about the NFL draft and whatever else happens. All right.